Praise the Lord. Okay, so uh, uh, we're going to start Genesis chapter 15 and, uh, in, a, in the Living Bible here. And uh, remember, God has already, uh, he's already been talking to Abraham since chapter 12. And in chapter 12, well, let's say chapter 11, and back on up all the way to Genesis chapter 1, I mean, the Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, it's, it, again, it, I mean, he did. And, uh, oh, there's two Adams. One Adam is Jesus. Later on, he's called the second Adam. The first Adam, obviously, is Adam. I mean, the Bible expects us to believe that the beginning was Genesis 1-1. I know evolution, they try to tell us, and they'll laugh at us, whatever, saying, yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. But the evidence is on our side, you know. <clears throat> the fossil record is on our side. But anyway, uh, so anyway, along about the 15th chapter here, we pick up with uh, the Lord, is Jehovah, another term for him. Uh, he's talking to Abram. But I'd just like to mention that Abraham, he came from Noah because guess what? We all did. There was only eight souls that survived the flood. Okay? Now, they were descendants from Adam, obviously, and we are too. But nonetheless, when the flood hits, you can go back and go, whoa, now the beginning of stuff is Noah. Okay, but anyway. So in the chapters preceding the 12th chapter, the 11th chapter, you get Abraham's genealogy. And I tell you what, the Bible shot themselves in the foot by giving us dates and times and people's names and places if it's a lie. And it's not a lie. So let's watch this because we're, we're those that believe the Bible anyway. Afterward, Jehovah spoke to Abram in a vision. Now remember, we're reading this and it's not for a history lesson. Let's just go home if it's a history lesson. But that's not what the Bible's for. Jesus would say things when he was talking. He'd say, have you not read what David did? Well, Jesus, I don't need a history lesson. I mean, come on, I'm trying to live my life. The history lesson was to see what David did, you can do, and the same blessings will come on you because it's the same eternal God. He's called the rock, and he's the rock even in our lives. So here we go. The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. And, and this is what he told him. Don't be fearful, Abraham. Now, hold on a second. Why is God having to start out by saying, don't be fearful? Well, notice this is chapter what, 15? Look what happened in 14. In 14, look at this. War filled the land. King, 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 king fought against. King, king. Guess what? It was 10 kings, and they were not armies of one, okay? I mean, like two or three soldiers. It was horrible. Kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, all these people, they mobilized their armies. Oh, my goodness. Look what they did. Come on down here. Uh, they, they, they went and they got Sodom and Gomorrah. They carried off their wealth, their food, homeward. They took with them Lot, Abram's nephew, who lived in Sodom, and all he owned. One of the men escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew as he was camping among the oaks uh, uh, belonging to Mamre, the Amorite brother, Eskal. See, well, what are these names for? It's because this happened. Abraham learned that Lot had been captured. He got together the men born in his household, 318. Quit giving us make-believe details. These are the details of the real battle. Abram took 318 people, and he's got the gall to go after five kings that have just fought five kings. One of them overcome the other, and now he's going to go chase down these five kings that are already drinking it up and hoofing and hollering. Look what he did. So he chased after the retiring army as far as a location, which is real. He divided his men, attacked during the night from several directions, pursued the fleeing army to Hobai, north of Damascus. Wow, we know where Damascus is. Recovered everything. Wow. 
the loot that had been taken, his relative Lot and Lot's possession, including the women. Who's this guy? Abram. And we're kin to him. Not just because of the Jews, but because of Jesus. And it's in our Bible. Anyway, now here's something exciting. Abram returned from his strike against uh, Shedeloma and the other kings of the valley. Uh, see, it was not just one king. The king of Sodom came out to meet him. And Melchizedek, who in the world is Melchizedek? Well, we've heard about him in the book of Hebrews because the Bible says Jesus is just like him as a priest. Who was a priest of the God of highest heaven, brought him bread and wine. Then Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Well, he was already blessed, but he still blessed him with this blessing. The blessing of the supreme God, creator of, well, of course, God didn't create nothing. It's just the big bang. Baloney! This place has not been around that long. He did create it. That's the reason we get so much attacks on it about right now, because the Bible is full of creator, 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 and it's, no, it's Darwin, Darwin, Darwin. But thank God we know better. So anyway, creator of heaven and earth, be upon you, Abram, and blessed be the God who's delivered your enemies over you. This is our state. If your world is being crushed by uh, maybe it's family pressure, uh, political pressure, whatever it is. Phil and I and, and Bob were talking about that this morning. You know, people get so worried about what's going on in America and whatever. We got the greatest thing on our side. We're going to be fine. Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the loot. That's the tithe. I mean, come on. I mean, gee, I mean, the Lord blesses you. You're not like, well, I don't want to. I mean, Lord, I, I need all of this. Abraham knew better. He gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom, now you know where, remember, he's, he's going to have some city problems later. Devastating. Not just gay, shall we say, but gays on a roll to destroy people. Okay, that's different. Okay, but anyway. Just give me back my people who were captured. Keep yourself the booty stolen from my city. Now, why do we have these details? Watch, it's similar to what Dustin was talking about. Watch this. Abraham replied, this is the end of this chapter, I solemnly promised Jehovah, the supreme God, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take as much as a thread from you, lest you say Abraham is rich because what you gave him. Boy, Abraham was poking that king saying, I want to tell you something, I got God Almighty on my side, and I am blessed, and I am rich because of him, and not because of anything you do. He said, I'll accept what these young men of mine have eaten, but give a share to the loot to Anner, Eshcol, and Mamre, and my allies. Of course, this is funny book stuff. We, should, we don't need these names. Oh, it's not funny books. We know better. These are real people. Now, now it makes sense. Chapter 14. The Lord says, Afterwards, after that big bad war, Jehovah spoke to Abram in a vision. Now, can you imagine? He probably ticked off the king of Sodom. Well, you don't treat me that way. We're going to get together at night, and we're going to raid Abraham. We're going to kill him. We're going to... God said this. Don't be afraid. For I will defend you. David knew this like the back of his hand. He tried to teach all the people in his kingdom that God would defend them. But they would still go after a carved piece of wood and say, you're my God. And forget these wonderful blessings that we have. Thank God we're not going to do that. Notice what Abram said. No, excuse me. For I will defend you and I'll give you great blessings. What? Well, look what Abram said. Oh, Lord Jehovah, what good are all your blessings when I have no son? 
Oh, wait a minute. Abraham, and at this point, he's 85 years old. I mean, if you read these chapters, he'll tell you how old he is. When Ishmael's born, he's 85. Okay. He's 100 when uh, Isaac's born, 15 years later. Okay. But anyway, for without a son, some other, ble- some, some other member of my household will inherit my wealth. The Lord told him, no, no one will be your heir. Uh, no, he says, no one else will be your heir. Uh, ha, 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 ha. For you will have a son to inherit everything you own. Now, why is he going to have a son? Because Abram asked. He said, what will you give me? The King James, let me throw this in the King James, this reason I really enjoy teaching from the Living Bible. Notice what he says. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram, saying, fear not, I am your shield. Look at this. I am your exceeding great reward. Now, that sounds good, but I still want to know what it means. You know, I'm your exceeding great reward. I guess that's something... Now, it's something great or whatever. Well, look at the difference. He said in the, whoops, he said in the Living Bible, he said what? He says, I'll give you great blessings. Abraham's response, well, great. I'm already 85. I ain't got anybody to carry on my inheritance. I'm going to have to give it all away to, he actually named this guy in his house, probably his favorite slave or whatever. That worked with him forever. But Abraham says, no, you're going to have a son. Then God brought Abram out beneath the nighttime sky and told him, look up into the heavens and count the, scar- the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that too. Will be like that. Too many to count. Look what happened. Abraham believed God. Now what did he believe? He believed this. He believed he'd have a son. I mean, after all, this is God talking to you. God also, because Abraham, before Melchizedek, he said, you're not going to say you made me rich. And Abraham already knew the night before that he knocked off the results of a 10-king world war with 318 people. Got locked back. I don't know how he can sleep. It's like I was mentioning when Dominique goes to sleep, she realizes that, you know, God, I got that ring back, praise the Lord. And when Dustin goes to bed at night, when he knows, praise God, the money just came in, you know. It's like, hallelujah. Okay. Abraham believed God. Look at this. Then God considered him righteous on account of his faith. Now that's a New Testament term which belongs to us. See, none of us are good on our own. But God will treat us as though we're holy if we'll just trust him. Anyway, notice this. And he told him, I'm Jehovah who brought you out of the city of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land. Remember, in the 12th chapter, God told Abraham, hey, get away from your mom and daddy and go to the land of Canaan, and I'll guide you. I'm going to give you this land, and you and your descendants. So Abraham got up and he left. So God had guided him this whole time. Abraham replied, oh Lord God, how can I be sure that you'll give it to me? Jehovah told him, okay, take a three-year-old heifer. We know what that is. That's a cow. Okay. And a three-year-old female goat. We've got plenty of those around here. Okay. A turtle dove, a ram, no, a three-year-old ram. We know what that is. A turtle dove and a young pigeon. And to slay them and to cut them down the middle and to separate the halves, but don't divide the birds. Okay, so he's got this mess of stuff right here. When the vultures came down upon the carcasses, Abraham, you know, that'd bother you too. Abraham got up and he, you know, he got his biggest fly swatter he could get and he shooed them away. That evening, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. A vision of terrible foreboding darkness and horror. Then Jehovah told Abram, your descendants will be oppressed as slaves in a foreign land for 400 years. That's Egypt. It took place not 
I think four generations from Abraham. <clears throat> but I will punish that nation that enslaves them. That's Pharaoh. Okay. And at the end, they will, look at this, they will come away with great wealth. That happened. Exodus chapter 12. But you will die in peace. Not peace is, <laughs> but in peace at a ripe old age. Now, what you need to see, let me just, let, let's just do this real quick before we go any further. Because that's like, man, that's incredible. Okay, jump to the, the New Testament here, the book of Galatians chapter 3. I just want to look at the last verse, but it's, it's all through this. But look at this very last verse. And now that we are Christ, we are true descendants of Abraham. Descendants? Well, I can relate to that. I'm not Abraham, but I am a descendant. And all of God's promises to him belong to us. Oh, mercy. No wonder he keeps blessing you and I. No wonder he's taking care of us. Now, let's quickly go back to see what was happening. Because now when we see things happening to Abraham, we go, oh boy, this is us. Okay, so... Anyway, that evening, uh, all, uh, he had those, uh, anyway, the Lord's speaking to him while he's got those animals all cut up in front of him. He says, I'm going to punish that nation that enslaves them. Excuse me, let me close this. Okay, but you're going to, look, he says, but they're going to come away with great wealth. Wow. You're going to die in peace at a ripe old age. Praise the Lord. After, there it is, after four generations, they will return here to this land the wickedness of the Amorite nations living there now will not be ready for punishment until then. Oh, as the sun came down, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. Well, some sort of bright light, fire, whatever. So that day Jehovah made this covenant with Abraham. I have given this land to your descendants. You need to raise your hand and say, hey, I'm one of these descendants. I, we are, wow. From the Wadi El Arish to the Euphrates River, and I will give them these nations, and here they all are, all these uh, these nations that were going to be in that land. Oh, they're going to be yours. Okay, now, puts us right into the 16th chapter. Look what happened. But Sarah and Abram had no children. Sarah, I really. So Sarah took her maid, an Egyptian girl named Hagar, and gave her to Abram to be his second wife. Since the Lord's given me no children, well, see, this is just what she's saying. If she just hold on a second, it is going to happen. Sarah said, you may sleep with my servant girl, and her children shall be mine. Abraham agreed. <clears throat> Sound like he wasn't going to have a problem with that in the first place. All right, anyway, this took place 10 years after Abram first arrived in Canaan. So he slept with Hagar. She conceived and realized she was pregnant. She became very proud and arrogant toward her mistress, Sarah. Then Sarah said Sarah, that is, said to Abram, it's your fault. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. For this servant girl of mine despises me, though I gave her the privilege of being your wife. May the Lord judge you for doing this to me. Abram said, you have my permission to punish the girl as you see fit, Abram replied. So Sarah beat her and she ran away. I mean, this is just, I mean, it's political problems. I mean, whatever, personal problems with people. Watch this. The angel of the Lord found her beside the desert spring along the road to Shur. The angel, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress. Well, I mean, makes sense to me. Return to your mistress, act as you should, for I will make you into a great nation. Now, why is that going to happen? Ishmael is a descendant of Abraham. And he's not even the line that you and I come from, but he's still a descendant. Anyway, nonetheless, 
I'll make him into a great nation. You are pregnant and your baby will be a son. And you are to name him Ishmael. God hears. I mean, we hear the word Ishmael. But do we realize what the story behind it? The angel said, y'all ran away from Sarah. And, uh, you know, and you're calling on my help, whatever. And God has heard, look at this, heard your woes. This son of yours is going to be a wild one, free and untamed as a wild ass. He'll be against everyone and everyone will feel the same toward him, but he will live near the rest of his kin. Ishmael actually, uh, he's 15 years older than Abraham's son that's going to be born, Isaac. And the two of them together, they buried Abraham later. I mean, they buried, uh, uh, yeah, they buried Abraham later, years later. Anyway, therefore, Hagar spoke of Jehovah for It was the one who appeared to her. And she spoke to him as this, as the God who looked upon me. For she thought, I saw God and lived to tell about it. Later that well was named the well of the living one who sees me. I mean, they named the well. Hagar was very just excited about this. She thought her life was over with. And this angel shows up. What are you doing? Well, I'm getting away from Sarah. I mean, you you knew what she did to me. And the angel says, oh, go back. Go back. God's going to take care of you and your family. Wow. Anyway, it lies between a couple places that don't exist. No, that stuff does exist. Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old. All right, a little bit of life. Look what happens next. He's 99 years old. God appeared to him and told him, I'm the Almighty God. Live as you should. I'll prepare a contract between us, guaranteeing you into making you a mighty nation. In fact... You shall be the father of not only one nation, but a multitude of nations. Well, that got us. We're in another nation. Abraham fell on his face downward in the dust as God talked with him. What's more, God told him, I'm changing your name. Uh, It's no longer Abram, exalted father, but Abraham, father of nations. For that is what you will be. I have declared it. I will give you millions of descendants who will form many nations. Kings shall be among your descendants. And I will continue this agreement between us generation after generation forever. It shall be between your children as well. Praise God, that's us. And I tell you, the overlaying thing that you get here is protection and wealth. He's going to keep you safe and he's going to provide for you. It's none of this Mickey Mouse, just a little bit, whatever. I'm telling you, if it's just a little bit, guess what? You're distracted. You're going, oh, I made it last month. And you're always focused on what's going on in your own personal life. And if we just look at what's happening here in the scriptures, God wants to do so much more than that. Don't worry about, well, if I'm a millionaire, I'll probably go wrong. No, you won't. The people in the Bible didn't. I mean, except the ones that were dumb. It's not God's fault. And you won't. You just won't. You're part of the contract. God told him is to obey its terms. You personally and all your posterity have this continued responsibility. Now look what their responsibility is. No drinking, no smoking, no, no. Every male shall be circumcised. The foreskin of his penis shall be cut off. I mean, what is all this? Well, I know it sounds funny, but I'll tell you what, it'd get a man's attention, wouldn't it? You know, every day. I mean, think about that. It's just a mark on your body. Could have been a tattoo, whatever. But this sure enough would get everybody's attention. Now, what, what was this about? This was a, what did he say, uh, He said, I am making a contract between us, guaranteeing, praise the Lord. And you know what else was in that guarantee? Your health. Uh, Anyway, let's let's skip down. Okay, so they're going to get circumcised. 
All of you must be circumcised. Your bodies will thus be marked as participants in this everlasting covenant. Anyone who refuses this term will be cut off from his people. Uh, now, don't worry about, remember, in the New Testament, it's not required. Because Jesus, we're circumcised in Christ, whether we're male or female, it's because of the Lord. But anyway, the point about this, then God added, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name's no longer Sarah, but Sarah, princess. I'll bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and make her the mother of nations. Many kings shall be among your posterity. Now, look at Abraham. He's, he's been watching the comedy channel. Then Abraham threw himself down in worship before the Lord, but inside he was laughing in disbelief. Now, remember, he's 100. Well, in the Bible, when they say 100, he's really 35. That does not make sense. They were a hundred years old, just like today, a hundred years old. He's laughing. It's not like, well, I'm on the verge. No, he was history. He was laughing on the inside. Me, be a father, he said in amusement. Me, hundred years old, Sarah, have a baby at 90. Abraham said to God, yes, do bless Ishmael. This is Genesis chapter 17. Verse 19, no, God replied, that isn't what I said. Sarah shall bear you a son. You're going to name him Isaac. Look at that. Laughter. Well, wouldn't that help you? Hey, Isaac, would you um, take out the garbage? Why did I name that boy Isaac? Boy, I, remember, I didn't think God could ever do this. <laughs> that is such a miracle. I'm, if I was Sarah, 90 years old, I never had any kids, and at 90, I have a baby boy. God even told me it was going to be a boy. I didn't lose him in birth either. Woo! Who is this God? I'm glad he's my God. Yeah. No, God replied, that isn't what I said. Sarah will bear you a son. You're going to name him Isaac, meaning laughter. And I will sign my covenant with him forever and his descendants. Praise the Lord. He's signing it with you and me. As for Ishmael, here we go. All right, I will bless him also, just as you have asked me to. I will cause him to multiply and to become a great nation. Twelve princes shall come out of his posterity. And if you read, as we're reading the Bible and whatever, you'll notice that Ishmael, it's just like that chart back there, you'll see where Ishmael's descendants wound up being some of these other nations. Bad guys, too, that. Matter of fact, some of them, they were bad guys, whatever, but it was, it was interesting. God wouldn't let Israel attack them because why? They were descendants of Abraham. Now, later on, they got really, really bad, and they were doing some things they shouldn't do, and God said, well, y'all are toast now, you know, whatever. Anyway. <clears throat> but the important thing is, hey, we're children of God. So anyway, but my contract's with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah next time this year. Anyway, that ended the conversation, and God left. Then that very day, Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and every other male born in his household, and they cut off their foreskins just as uh, uh, God told him to. Uh, Abram was 99 years at that time. Ishmael was 13. Both were circumcised that day along with the other men, boys and household, uh, were, that were bought as slaves. Now, uh, just one second here. I want to skip. Just I'll get one more. Uh, let's see. Yeah, right here. I skipped Sodom and Gomorrah just for fun. I want to catch a little story right here. This is very short. And I want you to see how the covenant's working. Now, Abraham moved south to the Negev and settled between, okay, Gunnersville and Boaz. All right. One day, when, the visiting, when visiting the city of, we'll just say, New Hope, he declared that Sarah was his sister. Now, she actually was his sister. But now, Abraham did this because he thought, if I tell her she's my wife, this king's going to kill me. 
Then King Abimelech sent for her and had her brought to his palace. Well, if he's your sister, then I can marry her. At that night, God came to him in a dream and told him, you're a dead man, for that woman you took is married. <laughs> Uh-oh, Abimelech is panicking now. Uh-oh. Uh, but Abimelech hadn't slept with her yet. He said, Lord, will you slay an innocent man? He told me. He told me she's my sister. And she herself said, yes, he's my brother. I hadn't the slightest intention of doing anything wrong. Yes, I know, the Lord replied. That's why I held you back from sinning against me. That's why I didn't let you touch her. Now restore her to her husband and he'll, look at this, he will pray for you for he is a prophet. Now, oh, I'm just going to pray for you, king. Yeah, we'll be thinking about you, okay? No, something happened to Abimelech's nation. And God said, Abraham, pray for you and it'll stop. Wonder what happened? Well, he's going to tell us. But if you don't return her, no, oh, notice this, and you'll live. But if you don't return her, you're, you're doomed to death along with your household. The king rose up early in the morning, hastily went out to the meeting of the palace personnel and told them what happened. A great fear swept through the crowd. The king called for Abraham. What have you done to us, he demanded. What have I done that deserves this treatment to make me and my kingdom guilty of this sin? Uh, who would suspect that uh, you would do such a thing like this? Whatever made you think of this? Well, Abraham said, well, I thought this was a godless place and I thought you guys were going to kill me. They want my wife, they're going to kill me, I thought. And besides, she is my sister, at least half-sister. We got the same daddy, okay? And I married her. And when God sent me traveling far from my childhood home, see, I'm not even near, I'm from Minnesota, I'm down here in Huntsville, I ain't got any kinfolk. I'm not, but I'm just saying, that he, he, I ain't got nobody. See, Abraham was learning that God was with him too. Anyway, so he said, I told her, have kindness to mention you're just my brother, I'm my sister. Wherever we come, that you are my sister. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and servants, and he gave them to Abraham. I mean, he, he poured on some blessings here. He gave them to Sarah, excuse me, to his wife, uh, to him. Look over my kingdom. Look at this. Choose where you want to live, the king told him. I, I don't know if you get this or not, but you have got such favor. Today, when you leave today, you should be looking for this because you just heard a message about it. Scratching your head going, Lord... That stuff belongs to me too. Look, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand pieces as damages for what I did to compensate for any embarrassment and, and to settle any uh, claim against me regarding this matter. Now justice has been done. Then Abraham prayed, asking God to cure the king. Huh? Yeah. Cure the king and queen and the other women of the household so that they could have children. For God had stricken the women with barrenness to punish Abimelech for taking his wife, uh, taking Abraham's wife. Now, let me speed ahead 400 years. I just want to pull a verse out real quick. Now, remember, 400 years later, a lot of people don't even know who God is. God shows up telling Moses who he is and... Uh, let me get down here uh, to, uh, oh, excuse me, 15. Okay. Here we are. We'll stop right here. Notice what he says here. Uh, is that 15? Oh, well, I'm 15, but I'm 15. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm at, uh, uh, give me a second here. Well, Hello. Exodus, let me get where, I'm, get where I'm going here. Hang on a second. Exodus 15, here we go. Exodus 15, all the way down here then. 
Boy, I'm off one. Hold on a second. Oh. Oh, there it is. I was right in front of my nose. I didn't see it. Okay. This is what the Lord said. Now, this is after Pharaoh's army just, the, the rivers, the, whatever, the, the, the sea was parted. They got through on dry land. Pharaoh and his army tried to come in there and they go, ah, the Lord's working against us. And they were toast. They sang this great song, How Great Our God Is. And anyway, this is what the Lord says. He says, if you will l- listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey it, do what's right. Then he says, I'll not make you suffer the diseases that I sent on the Egyptians. Notice this. For I am the Lord who heals you. What a shock. See, sometimes today we, we don't spend enough time looking at this, but I'm going to tell you something. He is. You say, well, I, I, I'm okay. Man, listen, I'm not okay. But my, my throat is sore. I'm not okay. <laughs> I want to go to the dock of the box. I want to do it. And while I'm waiting to get meds in me or whatever, it's nice to know that God says, I am the God who heals you. And that now we realize that we're just like Abraham. We're the ones on the right side of this thing. The Lord will help us. And He will. Plenty of places to talk about that. But anyway, it's just fantastic. God will take care of all of us, no matter what. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word today. We thank You that if we're not feeling good, You'll take care of that. And if we're hurting financially, same thing. You'll take care of that. Just like You said, You take care of Abraham and there's story after story after story. Giving Him all these wonderful things just because of You. Well, if it's not money, it's not finances, it's not uh, our health or whatever, but it's something else, oh my goodness. Lord, we know you'll take care of that. Well, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to show signs just like the Bible has shown us signs about how great you are and tell others about how great you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen.